Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Evening everybody, how are we? Let me just check. Yeah, it's all right, I'm on my own this evening. Paddy's not here, so my youngest Declan's giving me a hand, um, just sorting everything out. So we are live on the TikTok. Hello, hello, welcome everyone. And obviously, as you know, I record this guy so it can go out on my podcast um, in a few weeks' time. We're always a couple of weeks behind. Um, with the podcast and the TikTok lives just because we need time to edit them. Good evening, Missy. How are you? Hello, Karen. We were talking about you in the office today, Karen. We had a few passport questions. Evening, Donna. How are you? So for those of you that don't know what I'm doing, I'm here most Mondays and Tuesdays from 6pm till 7 and um, I go live on my Discord, which is another social media platform, but it affords you guys the opportunities to come in and ask me a family law related question, see if I can help in any way. Um, we go live on the TikTok at the same time so that, um, uh, yeah, we work. <laughs> Karen's just put, oh, really? Um, we go live on the TikTok at the same time, and I do try to answer questions from both of you. So if you are new to t- Discord or you're on the TikTok wondering what we're doing, download Discord, create yourself a profile come into the lounge, put your hand up and ask me a question if you need to. Right, I'm going to kick off. There's a hand up already, Beth. So Beth, I'm going to come to you first of all. Um, what's your question? Hiya. Um, I've spoken to you before, so I don't know if you'll recognise um, nothing, but basically my ex-partner, son's dad, he's broken the court order 17 times now just by not turning up, blah, blah. You told me when he'd done it the first time a couple of weeks ago to just um, kind of wait and see what happened. So I've asked him. I didn't ask him. I just waited to see what happened. And he, I went to CSA because he's not been paying the right amount of maintenance for years now. Yeah. Um, basically, paying very, very little. And he sent me a message saying, like, congratulations, you've got him all to yourself. Um, get his name changed. I want nothing to do with him. Um, like, get rid of my parental responsibilities a lot. So I was kind of like, where do I go from here, basically, with it? Um, obviously, there is a court order and stuff in place, but he has since retracted that and said, no, actually, I don't give you permission to do all of that. But I'm like, well, you're, just, you're willing to drop your son that quickly how can I possibly send him down to your house, which is at the other side of the country, now, after you've just dropped him like that? So, sorry, Beth, what's your question? You, you, you uh, need like permission where, for something? Like, am I am I in the right to know you're not having contact with him now because you've not only have you broken the court order not umpteen times, but you're willing to drop him at the drop of a hat because of money. So I think I think whether or not the child's having contact with his dad is a question. Strip everything else away, Beth. You know, is it in the child's best interest to have contact with dad? 
you know, if by stopping contact, the child's going to miss out, then don't do it. You know, if, right. if dad is breaching an order, whilst to say he's breached it 17 times sounds dramatic, I don't know what those breaches are. You know, because you can breach an order by just turning up late for contact. You can breach an order yeah, by missing contact. Yeah, it hasn't turned up at all. Okay. So then you've got to sit and ask yourself, is it in the child's best interest for contact to continue? So it's not, yeah. it's not something that I'm going to advise you um, upon or, or give a suggestion. That's for you and your family dynamic to sort that out. No. Was there another he question in there, no, there wasn't. I just okay. wanted to kind of hear from from someone if I'm sort of doing the right thing. Like, I don't really know what what to do, but obviously, yeah. I guess it is whatever's in the best interest of my son. Yeah, the court's the court's view is always that the child should have a relationship with both parents. But if by having a relationship right. with dad, it's having a negative effect on the son, well, then it's your judgment. You know, yeah. you, you make that judgment call then. So right. it wouldn't ever come back on me that I have broken the court order. Like, that's why I'm more frightened well, it, of, it, of me it, getting into any trouble so with the court. It depends on what the reasons why you stop contact. That's what I'm trying to say. I right. can't tell you that it's the right thing to do because I don't know of the impact it's having on the child. I don't know any more context than he's breached it 17 times. So whether or not right. the court okay. will question your judgment will depend on why you're stopping contact. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, it does, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. OK, I hope that helps. Right. Thanks, Ben. Thank okay. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Bye. Thank you, bye. Um, S. Patel, you are next. I'm going to invite you up to the stage whenever you're ready. Ask me your question. Captain, I'm going to come to you next. I know sometimes you have to bob off to work. Um, S. Patel's taken a while, so I'm going to come to... Oh, there we go. Hi, how can I help? Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Do you know what what you do is absolutely amazing. So anyway, um, I have a question for you. So I've got a 15-year-old who's going to be 16 shortly. Yeah. We are about to go to a FDA meeting, which I don't think we're going to agree. So it's going to go to a full hearing. Yeah. So because there's a nine-year gap between two children, would the courts decide on splitting the children? Or not really, because what I'm concerned about is that I have full flexibility in my job, yeah. but my wife or my ex-partner, she works in retail, yeah. and she, if she doesn't work, she does. She can't provide for the children. So, will the courts look to split the children for my favour, or not? Because really. I think that's the the court's priority will always be to do what's in the best interest of the children. So the question you then ask yourself is, is it in their best interest to separate them? Generally, courts will keep siblings together. If siblings have always lived together, they will, they will generally try to keep them together unless there's some overwhelming reason to not do that. So, you know, just based on um, what's gone on before, I would say no, the court will try and keep the children together. Even if my argument would be she's going to, she's 16, and she will be made to look after the eight-year-old when well, mum has to work. Okay, so at 16, the court won't make an order in respect of the child because they're 16. So chances are your 16-year-old won't be part of any court order anyway and can essentially vote with her feet. In other words, she can do okay, where, so, she, where she chooses. So then, there's, so then it will just be based on the eight-year-old, right? Yes, yeah. And then, it's, then, it's, then I can ask the court... I want the child to be with me. That's what the best interest is. 
Yes, yeah, and yeah, if you can show the court that it's in the child's best interest to live with you, then absolutely. Okay, great, thank you. All right, no problem, thanks. Bye. Bye. Uh, Peaky Blinder, if you're still there, I did have you up on the stage, but you dropped out. So if you want to put your hand up again, I'll invite you up after I've spoken to Captain. Hey, Captain, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good, thank you, I'm good. I can't believe it's another Monday. The weeks go so quickly. Oh, I know, tell me about it. And, and I'm Monday... off this week, so I'm not bobbing off to work. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, um, and I was just going to say, next Monday is May. That blows my mind. And how many bank holidays have we got in May, Tracy? Well, lots. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So, um, can you shed a bit of light on yeah. what um, on the term a common law partner is, please? Oh well, there is no such a... thing as a common law. So, the, there is there was this sort of social media myth generated some years back that if partners lived together for a certain period of time, they automatically fell into this world that was commonly known as common man and wife. And there is no such thing. Um, you can live together for 50 years, and if you haven't got married, you will still be cohabitees. You will not be a common law man and wife. Okay, so the, the question uh, that I was asking this is, is from Jodie. Uh, can anyone shed any light on the term common law partner I have split up from my ex around six months ago. We were together for around 12 years. I am solely on the mortgage. I am solely on and paid the mortgage and he paid the bills. Since we have split, he has said he's entitled to money from the house. Uh, we have never been married and there is no contribution from him resulting in an increase in the value of my house or joint payment in the mortgage, etc. I did it all by myself. He has said he has contacted a solicitor who has advised him he is entitled to something. I am struggling to understand how this is possible. Well, if he hasn't made a significant financial contribution, and I think the lady said that he hasn't, then he is going to struggle to show that he is entitled to anything at all. Um, it's difficult to give any more context than that, really, because I don't know any more um, mm. you know, history about this. But generally speaking, where two people live together and the house is only in one person's name and the other person simply lives there and contributes toward the bills and the food but doesn't make a significant financial con contribution to the property, they're not really entitled to anything. Um, and, you know, I've run cases where they have been together in excess of 20 years and, they, you know, the per person that's not on the property will walk away with nothing. Um, so... Is there a way, so, because a lot of people are living together these days, Tracy. Yeah. yeah. So would you advise that any, anything, if, say, they bought a property together, but it was only in, say, one person's name, but they yeah. were living together from the, do you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. So I, I think that I would be, if, so if, I, if it were me um, and I was living with somebody, but I wasn't named on the mortgage, that, that's the first challenge right there. I'd want to be on the mortgage I would definitely want to be on the mortgage. If for some reason I couldn't be on the mortgage um, because of my credit history or my background or whatever it was, then I would be looking for a deed of trust. Something, some sort of um, deed that was signed by both of us to say that I'm going to contribute even though I'm not named on the mortgage and should the relationship break down, I'd be looking for 50% of the property or 40% or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay, that's great, Tracy. I have got others, but I'll, I'll let other people come and okay. I'll pop back later. Lovely. All right, thanks, Captain. Speak to you All later. Right. Thanks, Tracy. Bye. Bye. 
yeah. um, which, was, which he agreed at the time. Since then, the Mackenzie friend has said that he doesn't want to be um, he doesn't want to be our intermediary anymore, and has ducked out. What is the situation now in regards to when we go back to court? Because the judge was quite clear that everything should stay the same. But I don't know if the judge was talking about what's in the court order needs to stay the same or whether she was referring to the information which was shared, which is that we've got an intermediary, that we are doing a communication book and that we're having no contact. I don't know, is the honest answer to that question. I, I don't know what okay. the judge would have meant. If the Mackenzie friend has stepped back then there's no there's no you can't force them to get involved again um but but i don't know i mean your question to me is what an intermediary but the judge they've stepped back as an intermediary but the judge said they couldn't be a mackenzie friend at the final hearing yeah i don't know if that if that's going to it will will that be a problem if he turns up with the same person at the next hearing or well not necessarily not necessarily will it be an, an issue but I think right now, um, if if they've stepped back as intermediary, well, then they've gone. Um, then they've gone. And and I think that when you're going into a final hearing anyway, the focus needs to be on your position as to do your positions align now. Clearly they don't, and you're going to a final hearing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be one bit bothered about the intermediary or the Mackenzie friend or whoever turns up. Um, I would just be focusing on my position and working on my submission so that I can convince the court my position is the one that should be accepted as the more credible for the child. Yes, I'm waiting for his... um for his statement, is it, um, which he's got to get back to, me, get back to me with by the 13th of June. Okay. And then I've got until the end of July to be able to submit that. So that's sort of where I'm at. Just one more very quick question. Yeah. He's got a um, recording of a telephone conversation that we had yeah. that I think he's going to try and submit to the court as evidence. What is the likelihood that's going to get accepted? He can attach it as an exhibit to his statement if he wishes to. But, of course, you're going to see that exhibit when he gives you your statement and you've then got a chance to respond to that. Or even if you So is that going to be played in court? Sorry? Is that going to be played in court then, that audio that he's got? Yeah, if it's attached to the exhibit, yeah, it will be played in court, yeah, potentially. The The judge will want to listen to it. Right. Okay. That's yeah. that's fine. I just wanted to know what the what the situation was because I thought we had to ask permission, and I didn't think re- recordings were allowed. You have to, ask especially not overtly. Yeah. So if if he wants to, if if you object to it, then before the hearing starts, you can raise your objections with the court and tell them why. But he can attach anything okay. to an exhibit. The permission is in the statement. He's got the permission. So if he wishes to rely upon it, he would attach it as an exhibit. If you don't think he right. should be filing that as as uh, as an exhibit to his statement, then you can ask the court to take that away, and you would do that at the beginning of the final hearing. You really are getting into more legal territory now. It's difficult to, you know, to I mean a layperson wouldn't normally be doing this. This is definitely a legal argument that you're asking me about. Okay. okay, I am going to be coming to you if you've got availability. Once I've received his um, application, I'm going sure. to have hopefully a couple of hours with you. Okay. That is the plan going forward. I just, Fabulous. I, I'm just in a bit of a state and a bit yeah. of a panic. Don't, but um, don't so panic. I just wanted some never, questions. But thank yeah, you. Never, never panic. Let's wait until we get the statement and we can listen to the exhibits and then we can take it from there. But please, please don't panic. Everything, everything. Trust me, and everyone that's listening, everything always works out in the end at court. 
All right. I wish I could. I know that every time I listen to you, you calm me down. But in reality, I've lost two and a half stone in weight. I'm oh, not eating. I'm not sleeping because this has been going on since January. And oh, I just, I don't know how I get to that point where I'm not in complete panic 24-7. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But you know what? Preparation. Like I said. Preparation and faith. Preparation and is key. Yeah. And belief. You've got, you got to believe that your side of the argument is absolutely the winning side. But listen, get, get the I, statements I and then, then we can have the chat. Fabulous. Okay, right. I'll be in contact after okay. the middle of June when I receive it. All right, lovely. Thanks, Andrea. Bye-bye. Thank you ever so much for your help. Take care. Bye, Bye. for now. Bye. To all of you out there that are doing this alone, and one of the reasons that I do do all this stuff on social media, please don't feel apprehensive about going to court, honestly. Sometimes it's fear of the unknown. And when you get there and you do the hearing on your own and then you leave, you literally think, oh my God, was that it? Was, was that all it was? Why, why was I so concerned about that? Dino, while we're waiting, I've invited you up to the stage. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Thanks for taking uh, That's my, okay. my question. I hope you're well. Um, basically, uh, my wife left 18 months ago and yeah. um, we've been through mediation and got some numbers up together. She then stressed that mediation was costing us too much money and we won't get anywhere, which was true. Um, so she went off to get some advice from a solicitor, as did I. And um, she's now come. Well, I received a letter last week uh, basically saying this is what your your partner wants as a um settlement uh, or almost to the point where you know there is no negotiation this is it however based on the numbers provided um it, it feels like the, the the split is is like 75 percent in our favor whereas i'm at home with the children uh, only one of those is under 16 um but it just feels and also she's had sorry if i'm jumping around here but uh, she yeah. received some inheritance money um and of which she spent and the rest i believe has become intermingled with her normal wages she's never paid into any of the bills paid a mortgage payment da, 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 over the last 23 years um she does work um what would be sort of the take on the uh that side of things with regards to her inheritance so if she has received it it now becomes a matrimonial asset okay there is an argument yeah. that we can run that ring fences inheritance but it will only succeed really if we don't need it to be included. Do you know what I mean? So if if we take away the inheritance and there's enough other assets to be able to house the parties or provide an income for the parties or any capital needs that the parties might need, then we might succeed in running an argument that it should be ring-fenced. Never confuse, right. Dino, who's paid the mortgage and who hasn't during the relationship. That's irrelevant because the court's yeah. not looking solely at financial contributions. And the reason for that is that in lots of marriages, one person will stay at home to look after the children. Or perhaps one person has a medical condition that prevents them from working. So the court will never just look at who's paid what. So regardless of who's paid the, the mortgage and who's made a contract, and I only say that because you raised it, that, that goes to yeah. one side. The person who's considered a little bit more vulnerable than the other is the person who is potentially not working, the person who is staying at home to look after children. Yeah. They will then be considered um, the, the person that perhaps needs a bigger lump sum of the matrimonial assets. And it's, it's one of the ways that we move away from 50-50 and perhaps award yeah. 60, 40, 70, 30. So the fact yeah. that you say you're the person at home with the child, and yet they're suggesting 75%. The other factors we look at is age. Is one party significantly older than the other? 
Does one party have a medical condition, mental health issue, something like that, that's going to stop them from earning or limit what they can earn? Does one party earn significantly more than the other? So there's lots of questions that we would that we would ask and that we would dig into before being able yeah. to say, right, your scenario, it will be 60-40 or, or whatever it was going to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But obviously, if, if, um, it, obviously because I am at home doing, looking after paying it all, um, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that I do have a medical condition, but um, uh, and I, I'm not sure how much longer I can work for, but... Uh, that that kind of is playing out on my mind, and uh, obviously, hopefully, I, I won't have to sell to to raise the money. But uh, I'm just hoping they take a view on it. But we'll we'll see because I think it'll probably end up going to court. The thing to do, Dino, and I say this to everybody: you have to take that first hour's consultation because then you'll be given yeah. some legal advice as to what you are entitled to. I don't suggest anybody go to court if they don't know what they're entitled to, because how do you know what you're asking the court for? The court, the, exactly, court, yeah. the court's not going to decide. The court's not going to tell you. You have to ask the court. Both of you will arrive at court and say, right, we disagree because I'm asking for 70% and she's asking for 70%. Then the court's going to determine the order that should be made. But you have to know what you're asking for. Okay. All right. Okay, so they don't just decide, they'll do it based on what your proposals are. The court will decide at a final hearing, but yes, it will be largely based upon the party's needs and, and what each party right. needs, yeah. But you have to know, because if you take some legal advice and you might think, oh, actually, I wasn't entitled to as much as I thought I was, then you might be able to settle. No court application needed. Yeah, I, I'm not sure um, that's going to be possible. Um, we're, we're not on speaking terms, but uh, no, that's, that's brilliant. I really appreciate that advice. No problem. I'll, um, I will, I'll, I'll send you an email. No problem, Dina. That's fine. Okay. Speak to you soon. Thank, thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Peaky Blinder, let me see if I can hear you this time. Um, I've been with my partner for nearly 16 years. We've been separated for three months now. Yeah. I have two little girls, a 12 and a 13-year-old. Yeah. Um, she's not... In, she's not agreed to engage in anything about contact on to sort it out with the girls. Um, the girls are not wanting to come and have contact because obviously they're, they're with mum. And um, I've recently been trying to get stuff back out of the house that I have personal belongings. And she's now, um, she's changed all the locks on the house and refusing to contact me via text or phone. And we have a mortgage together. Okay. I don't know where I stand with, uh, I think contact, she should be encouraging it, but she's not. She's just washed her hands completely of it and said, if the girls want to come and see you, they'll come and see you. If they don't, they don't. How old are the girls? And uh, 12 and 13. Oh, they're right on the cusp. So at that age, their views are listened to. Um, but if you genuinely yeah. feel that mum's being proactive in discouraging the girls, then I would encourage you to make a child arrangements application. So C100 okay. form on the government website, just type in C100. Um, it's a really easy yeah. form to fill out and that's going to start a children's application. And then what you can be saying to the court is that actually the girls do want to come and see me. It's just that mum is very proactive in, in telling them that they don't have to or encourages them not to. Yeah. And then Kafka yeah. will get involved potentially and do a, do a report on what they feel is in the child's best interests. 
Okay. So that that's worth giving um, it some thought. And then, what was your other question? Um, was it about the finance? No, it's the house. We've we've got a mortgage, and um, about halfway through the separation, she's now uh, changed all the locks on the house. Right. So I can't go to the house to collect any more of my belongings. Okay. Usually, if you move out and you are separated, then you kind of stay out. So the court don't really advocate you just coming backwards and forwards as and when you want. So for her to change the locks, that's not going to be frowned upon by the court, really. However, she can't stop you from collecting your things. The way to do that is to write a letter or send an email and suggest that she reply to you within seven days with a date that you can attend at the property and collect the rest of your bits and bobs. And if she would okay. rather that you have police escort you or a mutual friend that she trusts or that she wishes to be out of the property when you do it, um, then that's fine. But, yeah, don't okay. don't be too concerned that she's changed the locks. It's pretty standard once parties separate. Okay, great stuff. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You're very helpful. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Captain. You're back up again. What's your question? Hi, I've got Michelle's question, who was struggling oh. with Mike. Okay. Um, also, I just want to say, because I'm <clears throat> I'm in the Discord lounge chat, yeah. which is what I watch during the lives, yeah. and I just want to say to people that are putting me, I can't get to everybody. <laughs> I'm not legally qualified. I can't answer everybody's questions. If you if you want a specific thing, put it in one of the forums. Good. Um, good that, I just wanted to say that. And no don't send me DMs saying ask my question because I'll just ignore you and won't ask your question on purpose. You've all been told. <laughs> You've all been told now. <laughs> uh, so Michelle said, uh, my question is about a financial court order. I went to court and we came to an agreement on the first hearing and the judge signed it off. I had to pay 62k in 42 and give him, give him the TV from the lounge. He had to sign the deeds over to me by the 18th of April once I secured a mortgage. Yeah. If I couldn't secure a mortgage, the house would go on the market. I got the mortgage and had and had to TR the TR1 form sent to him, yeah. and he's refusing to sign it because he wasn't happy with the TV I gave him. Um, oh, God, I've gone down. Um, it was a TV from the lounge, but it was an older one from what I had in there three years prior when we were together. Same make, same size. Is he in contempt of court? I can't afford to take him back to court. I was the original applicant and he was the responded, respondent. I also have a non-mole because of his poor behaviour towards me, is what she was going to ask you. So he's not in contempt, but he is in breach of the order. Um, that said, if you've got a non-mole, clearly this guy you know, doesn't have much respect for authority. Um, and regardless of the fact that there's an order in place, I might be, if she can at all, and Michelle, I hope you're still listening, I might be inclined to give him the TV that he wants in order to get the TR1 signed. You know, in other words, keep your eye on the bigger prize um, rather than, because if he's breached the order, the only way to remedy is to take it back to court. And I dare say the court will be sympathetic to Michelle's case and say, look, get the TR1 signed, to him I mean, but that's going to cost her and that's going to be a, a resolve that could take another six months. So if he's after another telly, you know, and obviously I don't know the details, but if it were me, I'd probably say, right, take the other blinking telly and get the TR1 <laughs> signed, you know, J just, just, to get, just to get it done. 
and and walk on you know move on with it all that's great um i've also got a question here um i've not heard anyone ask this uh, this sort of question before so i thought i'd quickly ask it yeah um so we've got a same-sex relationship yeah um they had a little one together yeah but they didn't do it legally by the sounds of it they didn't go through surrogacy or anything like that yeah. the ex-partner just did it on their own right um they split up six months ago struggling with not seeing the little one anymore because it's always been the child and this person been there since day one um where do i stand on having oh i am deemed as the other parent in the little one's eyes do i stand the chance of getting pr i have been supporting from day one what do i do so i take it that person isn't on the birth certificate, hence they haven't got parental responsibility. Um, yes. If they have lived with the child for three years or always been in the child's life since birth, for example, there's every chance they can make an application and ask for PR because the child will have formed a bond and attachment there. But it's definitely something I would say, take some legal advice before making your application. Just because there's a few more questions that I'd want to ask, and then I'd be mm -hmm. able to advise on the, on the prospects of success there. But for those of you that are listening, um, if you have been living with a child for three years or more, and you're not named on the birth certificate, you are able to apply for PR because the courts do see that as somebody that's connected and has a bond, and more importantly, that the child has got used to. So that they may be able to, is what I'm saying. Okay, great. Right. Uh, Michelle says, thank you so much. And the, t the TV that he wants has been broken by the daughter, so it doesn't work anymore. Oh dear. You know what? I'd give it to him anyway, if that's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, so... Captain. No worries, Tracy. Okay, Bye-bye. If he wants a broken telly, I wouldn't argue. I'd give him the broken telly, Michelle. Philip, you are next up. Let me take you off mute. How can I help? Hey, yeah, I wonder if you can help me out. Um, I've been to court recently, last year, October. Yeah. Um, I've got a final court order. Now, it's been going great. I've been settling to the court order. I've been doing what it says. But my ex-partner's starting to go against the court order. Right. And... Um, it was never stated when we went to court that she was getting married on the 6th and the 7th of next month. Yeah. Now, that falls on my weekend with my son. And I came to an arrangement to say, yeah, after your wedding, I'll pick him up and I can and I have him. And now she's basically turned around and said, no, you're not having him now. Um, and you're not going to be able to see him for the next three weeks. Um, is there anything I can do? Is there, you know, is there any... Can I go back to court with it or...? Yes, you can. I mean, there's a court order in place at the moment, you say, Philip? Yeah, there is. Yeah, and, and, and ultimately then that court order's being breached. Right, because yeah. I've looked on it, I've looked on like sort of Google and stuff like that, and it says in special circumstances. Yeah. Now, I've been told by, because my mum's um, dealing with this as well, she's part of the court case. Yeah. We don't see eye to eye, we don't speak, so everything goes through um, the paternal grandmother, which is my mum. Yeah. Now, she's told my mum, if I do go and pick my son up on the Friday night out of school, that she'll be coming straight to my house and trying to get, you know, pick my son up um, with a lot of other people. But and I don't want that. But if you've got a court order that says you can have him after school on Friday, then you need to go and get him. 
Yeah, so she's told that basically what she's done, because she's getting married on the, the I pick him off on the Friday and I yeah. drop him off the Sunday. Yeah. Um, she's basically told him, if I go and pick him up, she's yeah. told school not to let me have him. Yeah. Um, that day, but she's yeah. also said if I do get him, that she'll be coming straight to my house. When she's being told by the cops, do not come to each other's houses. So um, is, it, is it is it Philip that she wants to just move the weekend so that the child can attend her wedding? Is that essentially what why all this is happening? Well, at first she never told the court, so she's. I haven't seen my son for two and a half years. Yeah, but, yeah, but court strip, myself. Strip, yeah, but strip all that away, because because whilst we can have a court order that helps. Fundamentally, we, we need to start to co-parent. So does she want yeah. to change the weekend because she wants the child to attend her wedding? Is that it, in a nutshell? Yeah, I yeah. agreed to, to change it. Great. Um, so I picked him up on the Friday night and then yeah. she, I had him till Monday. Yeah. Um, and then that was agreed, but then she turned around and told my mum in a massive message, no, she's not. he's not having him now, he's not going to see him. I'm not stooping to that law. I'm having my day and that's it. You can see him on the next schedule, which is the 19th of May. So technically, that's three weeks after. So what you're saying is that you're happy for her to change the, the, the weekend so that the child can attend her wedding, but she's not happy yep. to give any makeup contact? Yes. Okay. I mean, I look, it's difficult, isn't it? I would allow the child to attend the wedding because that, that is a, a special day for her and I'm sure she's going to want her child there. But once that moment's passed, I would then be pushing for yeah. makeup contact. Now, something may change after the wedding, oh. i.e. if you collect him on the Friday or you might be able in the summer holidays to have him from the Thursday to the Monday. I, I, would, I would suggest let him go to the wedding let let the dust settle after the wedding, but don't forget that you need that makeup contact. And every now and again, just drop a hint that look, we still need to sort out the makeup contact. Maybe we have it in the summer. Maybe we have it in the half term that's coming up. Something like that. Yeah, she just—it seems to be she doesn't understand that the court all is a, a binding contract. It's it's something that it was going to case the court. It, it is a I mean, I was meant to contract. have him Easter holidays for yeah. more than three nights, and it it didn't work that way either. I ended up just having him my three nights instead of five nights. So it is a binding contract, Philip. But this is a child and two parents. So essentially, yeah, yeah. we the the court the court order is going to give us the structure. And then, of course, yeah. life happens and we might have to just tweak that structure every now and again. What I'm saying yeah. is if you're missing out on contact because you're being flexible, then you've got to be pushing for some makeup contact. And if over a six month period, you're the one that's being flexible and she's not, then you might want to either change your stance and stick by the court order or take the matter back to court. But for now, right. I would I would just try and bend with it a little bit more, particularly when it's her wedding. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fab. Okay. Thanks, Thank Philip. Bye. Yeah. Right, Kay, you are next up. Let me just take you off mute. What's your question, Kay? Um, hi, Tracy. Hello. Um, I'm trying to sort I'm trying to sort out my finances with my ex. Yeah. Um, I tried mediation. One he minute. ignored mediation. Yeah. Uh, we had the first hearing by a team. He was litigating in person and so was I. And so the judge asked me to prepare the bundle. In between that, he got himself a solicitor and I was still preparing the bundle. And we had a hearing two weeks ago, which they, which they decided to get adjourned because they said he wasn't well, because they asked me if we wanted the hearing adjourned. And I 
I didn't want to because I, I didn't want to lose any more timing on the uh, court case. Yeah. But what happened, I sent the bundle to the solicitor and to the court. And uh, was it a day, two days before the hearing, she sent me a bundle and they hadn't replied to any of my questions that I'd asked for the, that I stipulated in the court order. They said that I hadn't done the bundle correctly, but I had checked with the court and they said put it in, chronologi in a chronological order. Yeah. I'd done a bit of research on the internet and I, and, and I did it all that and I, did, I sectioned it off. And then she said I'd not done it properly in accordance with finan you know, financial you know, the way you do financial bundles. Yeah. And she sent me a bill for eighteen she sent me a bill for a for a, you know, for a certain amount of money and said that I need to pay the bill, but I'm not she's not my solicitor. I've not instructed her. She's my ex solicitor and you know, and some of the questions were very like scaremongering and, you know, very like alligatory in nature. So I'm just wondering, because I've not instructed her, I, I, I don't see why I have to pay a bit her bill. I'll be honest with you, Kay, that's just rude. That's very rude. Yeah. So when there is only one solicitor in, in, in proceedings, whether they're the applicant or the respondent, the court will look to them to prepare the bundle. However, yeah. when the solicitor came into this um, into these proceedings, the court had already directed that you prepare the bundle. Now, the better way around that is to simply say to you, you know, because we have all the software, so we've got all the tools to prepare the bundles quite quickly. So it would have been more courteous to say, look, I appreciate your litigating person. I appreciate the court's directed it. But, you know, would you be happy if, if we prepared the bundle? To which I'm sure you would have gone, well, yes, please, because, you know, you just pass the responsibility over to them. Um, so that's how that should have been dealt with. But secondly, they can't give you a bill for preparing that. You didn't ask them to prepare that. Um, they also yeah. can't hold you out as responsible for not doing it correctly because you're not legally trained. So all, all you need to do is go back and say you're not paying the bill, that you haven't instructed them. And if they want to raise it with the court at the first hearing, then they can. Um, judge certainly yeah, won't make an order in those terms. Okay, thank you for that. Because it took me weeks to do the bundle because I tried oh. it in such a chrono chronological yeah. order. I made yeah. it very simple. Yeah. I sectioned it all off. What they did was they used my bundle, added a few sections in, and then issued me with this bill. And 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 I think it's really unfair because it's all scaremongering tactics. Absolutely. Which obviously, yeah, Absolutely. and lots and lots of allegations in there, which I'm trying, you know, unnecessary allegations. Which, but you know, I will be dealing with that, and we'll try and get you know, some you, more legal advice. You, but but you, thank you for that, Tracy. That's all right. You, yeah, you hold your nerve, Kay. And at the next hearing, you want to raise that conduct with the judge, you know, and, and just say, <laughs> judge, could I just have five minutes of your time? I, I won't hold the court up too long. And bring up that behaviour. Because that behaviour isn't acceptable, you know, and the judge will, I mean, A, I'm sure the solicitor will be very embarrassed that their conduct's being explained to the court, but I'm sure the court will have a word, you know, even if it's just a raised mm -hmm. eyebrow. As as lawyers, we, we our reputation's everything. So the last thing we want yeah. is the person on the other side saying how rubbish we are um, at dealing with mm -hmm. the litigants in person outside of the courtroom. So bring yeah. it up. But no, you, you, I, I suspect you won't have to pay that bill. If it was to prepare a bundle that you didn't ask them to do, absolutely not. Mm. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Right, thank no you very problem. much. Good luck, Kay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I've got Mata up next. I hope I've said that properly.
What's yeah, it's just Matt. Matt, hey Matt, what's your question? Hi. Um, basically, um, about 15 months ago, we split up and going through quite acrimonious child proceedings at the minute. Yeah. Um, but that's by the by. Um, I've been paying for the mortgage that she currently still... So it's a joint mortgage. I've been yeah. paying for that um, since I moved out, plus yeah. child maintenance. I'm now in another property, but obviously I'm struggling um to pay the property that i'm in plus the mortgage that she's um basically she's refusing to sell the property yeah um so i just wanted to know where i stand in terms of those child maintenance payments and the mortgage payments with you know her the joint property that we we still co-own okay your your child maintenance is a better question matt for cms it will be completely separate to any mortgage payments, and I'll come on to that in a second. So the CMS payment will be governed by, is it you that has to pay her the CMS, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if that will be governed by your gross, and you want to sort of ring fence that off and deal with that separately. Now, if we come over then to the property and who pays what, I take it you've moved out, Matt, have you? Or are you still yeah, here? Yeah, I moved out. You've moved out. So as a rule of thumb, you obviously have got other housing costs because you've moved out of that house and into another one. And what the courts say is that if she wishes to have exclusive use of that property, then she has to be able to afford to stay there. It's not fair to ask you to contribute towards the mortgage on a house that you're not living in, even though you're the legal owner of that house or shared legal owner, whilst living somewhere else as well. And then if she says, well, I can't afford to stay here, well, then the property has to be sold. Did you say, Matt, that you were married? No, it's no, unmarried property. Married. Okay, because I was <laughs> going to go into spousal maintenance. But if you're not married, then that won't apply. So if she cannot afford to stay there and she can't afford to buy you out, then the property's going to have to be sold. But don't, don't think that just because you're named as a legal owner that you have to pay because you have now got other housing costs. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but if I stop paying the mortgage, yeah. that'll affect my credit rating, won't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying to stop to do that, but I'm just giving yeah. you a legal position that you don't have right. to pay that. If she's there, it needs to be made very clear to her, if you want exclusive yeah. use of the property, I'd be saying, then you need to be paying the mortgage. And if you can't do that and you can't reach a resolve, then you've got to be getting yourself in front of the judge quick smart because obviously the longer this goes on, the more you're having to shell out to protect your credit rating. Yeah, um, but I would have to upfront the costs, right? Would there be an opportunity to get those costs back or get the what I've paid out in mortgage payments over the last 15 months back? So you could certainly um, think about charging her occupational rent. So where you are an owner, you've moved out, she's still living there, you're still paying the mortgage costs, then you could give her a bill for occupational costs. Would you get your costs back for the court hearing? Depends on the decision, the final decision the court makes. But I shouldn't worry about that at the moment. If I were you, I'd be just getting your application in before the judge and you know represent yourself. If all it is is a house that needs to be sold and you're asking for an order for sale, then represent yourself. I think I think what's what's more pressing I only say this because the courts have got such a backlog Matt but what's more pressing is to get in front of the judge. Right. All right. Okay. Does that help? No, that's useful. Okay. And um, right. that just lastly that occupational rent how is that calculated, you know? <clears throat> 
Um, not off the top of my head because it does go on what she's got coming in, what the mortgage amounts are, and and how many children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, if if you if you Google right. occupational okay. rent, um, th there's bound to be some sort of equation out there that you can then apply to your your family situation. Great, All perfect. Right. That's super helpful. Okay, thanks, thanks Matt. Bye. Yeah. I'm going to come to okay. Okay, what's your question? Dizzy. Hello there. Hope Hello. You're Sorry, I'm just going to um, ask you. Dizzy was just in the stage, on the stage, and then dropped out. If you put your hand up again, Dizzy, I'll invite you back up. I don't know what happened. Sorry. Okay, you go ahead. What's your question? Okay. Um. So I do have two questions, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So my first question is: I have a non-molestation order against an ex-partner to whom I share a child with. Um, went to the first hearing, obviously I've had to prepare a statement and so did that person. Um, he didn't sign it the first time. The judge obviously instructed him to do so as we needed to prepare additional statements for the next hearing coming up. Um, in preparation for the next hearing, he was supposed to do a schedule of allegations as I've done that as well myself. He didn't do that. He's also submitted another statement which he hasn't signed. So my question is, what how is that perceived in court? Um, well, it's not really something I'd be too concerned about. I mean, the unsigned statements, the court may just ask him to sign it while he's at court there and then um, and remind okay. him that, you know, it could be that he can't print it off to sign it, to scan it back in again, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, you know, as long as, the, as long as he can verify that he did make that statement, then that's fine. The fact that he hasn't complied with the order and hasn't filed evidence that he wishes to rely upon, well, that just makes your case all the stronger. Okay, thank you. Um, so my second question would be in relation to a Mackenzie friend. Um, obviously, the non-molestation order, the reason as to why I got that out is due to abuse that was inflicted upon myself and my child. Um, it was also... I was also sorry receiving abuse via their Mackenzie friend that they had actually invited into the courtroom at the time. And due to me not being comfortable with that individual being in the courtroom, as again I've just stated before that I received abuse by via that person and the you know, the person I've got the order against. Where do I stand in regards to that? In regards to what sorry, I don't know what that question is there. If they breached the sorry. Is that what it Basically is? Basically what I'm trying yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is I've got an order against, obviously, my ex-partner. My ex-partner's brought a Mackenzie friend in regards to the so case what, for what, support. What's the order? Um, the what's Mackenzie the, friend has obviously helped what? the individual to abuse me and my child. So where would I stand in terms of me not being comfortable so with that person's Mackenzie friend? What's the order? A non-mol? Yes. Yeah, so every non-mol will say that that individual or someone instructed by them they can't okay. ask them to, to, you know, cause you to feel concern or harm or whatever. So he's actually okay. in breach of that non-mol. Okay. So, then, so then you All take right that then. back to the court because he's breached it. If you, if you read through the wording in your non-mol, it will say that mm -hmm. he can't cause you harm or instruct anyone else to cause you harm. And if you're saying that okay. he's then told the Mackenzie friend to cause you harm and the Mackenzie friend did whilst at court, which all seems a bit bizarre, he's in breach of the order. So you can just advise the court of the breach. Okay, that's fine. Will that Mackenzie friend still be allowed into the courtroom? I doubt it. I doubt that very much. All right, that's fine. Thank All you so right. much. No worries. Bye. Thank you.
Samantha, you have waited so patiently. What is your question? Hi, sorry, I'm a bit of a mess. I've got caught in the morning. Okay. Um, so in regards to Kafkas, yeah. Um, my son had a guardian representing him, a guardian and a solicitor. Yeah. Um, the guardian stepped down or was reallocated three days ago, and it's with like the duty team. They're calling it. Um, who and how is my son going to be represented tomorrow? <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. There may be. When you say the Guardian stepped down, what 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 do you mean, stepped down? They just said that she was unassigned from the case. Okay. Well, there'll be another Guardian in her place. There's obviously something happened to that particular individual that she can no longer act on the matter. Maybe there's a conflict of interest or something that, that's come about. But there will certainly be, if the court's appointed a Guardian, another Guardian will be appointed yeah, they yeah. just said it was with the duty team, so yeah. I was just... So it, in, the duty team is just another word for, you know, temporary arrangement. So somebody's been assigned, but that might not, you know, to help out a court tomorrow. Um, because the, the other guardian who's had to step down has obviously been prepared to attend court. So they may mm -hmm. pass their notes on to the duty team so that somebody's there tomorrow. And then, of course, after we get out of court, then we can look to get another guardian appointed. Right, and, and okay. Court, I've got court, one other little question. I was just going to say, Samantha, um, the court will also oh. be keen to know who the guardian is. The guardian's a really pivotal position in a case like that. So rest assured, mm. the court's going to be asking lots of questions tomorrow about, right, mm. who's the next guardian to be appointed? What's going on? Is there going to be a good handover, etc.? So don't worry too much about that. Okay, thank you. Um, the other thing was, so the child's dad's, position statement was filed like a week too late i'm not sure whether it was five days seven days it was filed late anyway does that does that matter even though they said it was meant to be by four o'clock on a certain date no no i mean so long as so long as it's there in time for tomorrow and everyone's had an opportunity to read it including the court it'll be accepted that's fine that doesn't show a reflection on him no generally not no okay Okay, then. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Samantha. Thanks. Bye. bye. Um, guys, I do try to get into the forums whenever I can. But obviously, with, with everything else that I do, it is sometimes difficult. Um, and, you know, we I, I do have my amazing mods, um, Captain and Missy and um, Mart, that will go in and answer questions or try to signpost and do what they can, as well as everybody else that helps me out. Um, but if you do get stuck, you know that you can, you know, drop me an email um, and ask me a question that way, or you can come, you know, into the lounge and put your hand up. Um, don't give up is what I'm trying to say. You know, if you persevere, I know that there's still 18 of you with your hand up in the lounge this evening, and obviously I can't get to all of you. But persevere. Know that, you know, you will get an answer from either me, one of my team, you know, I've got Tammy in the office. She helps me with all the Instagram DMs and all the TikTok DMs. So we will get to you eventually. It just might not be as quick as some of you like. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to go. Next week, guys, because we've got a bank holiday Monday, I'm going to do Tuesday and Wednesday, just so you guys know. Because obviously I won't do the bank holidays. Hopefully I'll be out in the garden having something nice to drink. So it'll be Tuesdays and Wednesdays next week. And probably Tuesday and Wednesday the week after as well. Because I think we've got a bank holiday that week. So just to let you all know, um, 
But yeah, on that note, thank you for joining me in the Discord. Apologies to the 18 of you that are still waiting with your hand up, but I will be back here tomorrow at six o'clock to help you out. What we might do is might run over a little bit tomorrow night um, just so I can get through a few more questions. But until then, guys, look after yourselves and speak to you tomorrow. Bye.